Welcome, everyone, to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips, too. So let's get the show started. Welcome, everyone, to Food Farms and Chefs. Welcome to our listeners around the world via the podcast. Our listeners on Talk Radio, WWDB, and our new listeners on WPEN, HD2, 97.5 FM. It's Tuesday drive time for you. You have, We have a great episode for you today. We're going to start this outstanding episode with Delilah Winder, Queen of Soul Food. To discuss her inspirations, uh, to discuss her inspirations, the best mac and cheese in America, and Delilah's everyday soul. We then have a great conversation with Aaron Anderson, who took his original hot dog factory franchise and threw and grew its popularity during the pandemic through ghost kitchens. And he has also teamed up with Big Rube Harley uh, with his fried chicken. We will end this fantastic episode with Trent Middleton owner of Lil Trent's Food Trucks and Lil Trent's Grill and Pizzeria. We are so excited to have Delilah on the show. Gene Blum, introduce your great guests. Well, what can I say but best mac and cheese in America, not necessarily just my opinion, but that of millions of people across America who voted in on um, Oprah Winfrey, Voted by Savor, Savor Magazine, 100 Favorite Foods in America, Best of Philly winner more times than I care to think, Best of Southern Cuisine, um, Cooking Television Show, owner of Delilah's Bluesette, but somebody who came from the business world to start it all off. So welcome, Delilah, and how did that happen? <laughs> Thank you. You thank you thank you. I mean, I, I I don't know if I can live up to this introduction. <laughs> I know you better than that. You can. <laughs> you just guys warmed my heart today. <laughs> so yes, where, where did it all start? You know, um, let's go way back because it's it's been a journey and it's been a journey that people ask me this all the time. If you had to do it all over again, would you really do it? And I said, absolutely, not even a question about it. So, yes, I started out in business as a business systems analyst, so in the insurance industry. So for those of you, like, what does an analyst do? Um, kind of interface between the programmer and the user community, meaning that, that uh, input person that's putting the data in, designing and finding ways for them to be more efficient with that data that's going in, and then explain it to a programmer who just doesn't want to work with them. You know, it's like I, I don't speak their language, and then sitting down with that programmer and saying, okay, we need this here, this field here, and I need that field after input to go and do this, internally to give this output so that's what i did every day 
um, for an insurance company. And at first, you know, it was challenging and, and I enjoyed it. But over time, I found like I just felt I wasn't being challenged. You know, I guess I was just at that stage in life where we all get there and you're looking for what is that next thing? What is that that drives me every day? Where is my love? Where is my passion? And I started, I guess, for a year, year and a half, really looking at that and saying to myself, okay, well, what am I spending most of my time doing? My free time, besides going to work every day, and I found that I was spending most of my time with food. I was either eating it, reading about it, shopping for it, sitting and dreaming of plates and recipes. And I said, you know what? I am going into the food industry. But my journey, actually, this was a summertime. I had gone over to the restaurant school and to the Walnut Hill Schools on Walnut Street at the time. And I wanted to enroll as a new student in September. And they said to me, but you are a professional working. You're telling me you're going to give up all of that to go work in a hot kitchen, lift heavy things. I don't think you really understand what you're saying you want to do. And I'm like, because, I mean, you got to think this goes way back. So females in commercial kitchens were almost non-existent, non-existent. And I enrolled, actually, to go in September. And one day, I'm looking through the newspaper, because back then we read newspapers. Every Sunday, especially, if you didn't get the Daily News or the Inquirer during the week, on Sunday was your catch-up, and I would read the Philadelphia Sunday Inquirer and the New York Times. Those were my two papers, publications I would always read on Sunday. And I see there is this place for sale. And I'm like, okay. Oh, and I see that it's in the Reading Terminal Market. Now, to take a step back, I'm going to the Reading Terminal Market prior to this on my lunch at least three, four times a week if I wasn't at the commissary on Sansom Street or the fish market on 18th Street. I was at the Reading Terminal Market getting lunch, buying cappuccino, espresso, and then every Saturday morning prior to the doors opening, I was one of those persons at the door waiting to come in to get the ingredients that I would need to prepare that particular dish that I read about during the week out of Gourmet Magazine, Bon Appetit, Savoir, and I was just like, this was my whole weekend of cooking. I would buy all my ingredients Saturday morning, whatever I couldn't find from the Reading Terminal Market. I was down 9th Street. You know, I would go to Fonte's. Once I got everything, I would go home and I would cook all weekend. Friends would come and eat and, you know, and after a while they started asking me 
to do food for them for this occasion, that occasion. But then I thought to myself, stupid you. You are spending your money making food for all of these people, and they're not paying you. Like, <laughs> like you're so caught up in the joy of it all. Do you realize that you're spending your money you work for all week, and you're treating them, you know, because you just want to cook? And I said, one day, I said, you know what? You're going to start paying me because I'm going in the business. And so I actually started charging, not really charging what I should have been charging, but at least I was covering grocery money. So I'm getting to do what I wanted to do, and that was cooking, which I love. That's entertaining and laying it out and making it look pretty, which I love. But they were at least covering the cost of it. So I enrolled. Let's jump back. to I enrolled to go to the restaurant school. So as I get ready, here's the Reading Terminal Market ad. So I called the number. And I said to the woman that answered the phone, Betty Milosnik, I will never forget this in my life. And because I would go to her stand all the time to get my cappuccino or espresso. That's what she had, a coffee, gourmet coffee. And gourmet back then in the 80s was the surge. Everything was about gourmet jams and jellies and and pickling and anything like special chocolates and coffee. So I'm like, okay. I say, I saw your ad and I would like to come over and have a conversation with you. And she says, okay, yes, we're making scheduling appointments. I said, but you're going to know me. When you see me, you're going to know me. Because she knew me. We would talk, you know, when I would be there as a customer of hers. As I'm walking up to the stand, before I opened my mouth, she said, Delala. I said, yes, I'm Delala. She said, you are correct. You are here three to four times a week. And every Saturday, I said, yes, I am. And I need to know right now what I have to give you to take this off the market. And she said it to me. And I said, I'm going to give you a check, not knowing where I was getting the rest of this money from. Had no idea. I kept thinking, oh, my dad, I'm going to go to my father because, you know, you know, I had my father was like, bail Delilah out. Delilah wants to do something else. So I was like, I can get the rest of the money from my father. You know, so I gave her the check to get it off the market because I knew it would not stay long, not in the Reading Terminal market. So, okay, here we go. Go to my dad and end up my family ended up as as well. My godparents ended up giving me the money needed in order to buy a movable feast. And I turned it into a Delilah's. And I opened it up, basically jumped out on faith, went back to work on Monday and told the, my VP, I am giving notice, and he's like, what is wrong? Come sit in my office. Let's talk. I mean, do you need more money? I said, it's not about the money. It's, I feel as though actually you're paying me more than I should be paid for what I'm doing. 
my heart is not here anymore. Like I've done everything. He said, but you're so good at what you do. I said, but I'm not enjoying it. I want to do something else. So he said, well, why can't you buy it, hire a staff? You still work over here. Because I was at, um, so this was Five Pin Center building, which is at 16th and Market, and the Reading Terminal Market is at 12th and Market. He said, you can go over there on your lunch and check them. <laughs> you just stay here. And I said, no, no, I'm going to have to leave. So I ended up leaving, and of course, they became, everybody there became my customers, you know. <laughs> they kind of pulled me through the days of when no one knew who is this Salala? You know, I'm working like I had never worked in my life, day and night, because I'm making all the food myself. And I figured it was fine. And my godmother, she came into the business originally with me to help me. She stayed in it for about six months, and she was like, this is too much for me. I can't do this. So, you know, I'll help you here and there if I can make something for you. But I can't do this. So that's actually how I got started. And I kind of start did it on my own. She would pitch in and help me. My mother would pitch in and help me. I mean, I had everybody helping me. And those days were lean. I mean, they were hard and lean. And I never imagined how much work was involved in it. But I never felt like it was more than what I could do, and I was never unhappy doing it. And that's something. So that, did someone? Yes, you had a question. Um. Well, it's more like a comment that'll probably turn into a question. But it's one of those things where people that you know are trying to do a startup or become an entrepreneur. They don't realize, I think, most of the time how much work actually goes into it and how dedicated you have to be. So the fact that you had a passion for cooking helped you that much more because it wasn't just a job. It was something you were passionate about. Absolutely. And I will tell any food service entrepreneur that asks me a question about going into the business when they've never been in the business. I said, let me tell you something. The money that you're going to make for the amount of time that you're going to put in for many, many years won't make sense to you. This will have to be a passion. That is the only thing that's going to hold you in this business because that's why the success rate of restaurant startups is so, the percentage is very low. And it's not that they wouldn't make it if they just hung in there. It's they get tired. And it's like, why am I working this hard? (laughs) So I really believe you have to have that drive. It has to be something that you sleep, you eat, and you live it 24-7. And I'll tell anyone that to this day. So, you know, that is what kept me there, the, the, my um, customers, and just being able to see that they were happy with my product and supporting me. And, and that really is how I grew. 
I grew because people saw how hard I was working to make this work. They watched me from afar. I didn't even know they were watching me. And they would come to me with opportunities. That's how I got into 30th Street. That's how I got into catering. Because initially, I did not start catering at all. I was just simply ready to come on market. It opens at 8 o'clock in the morning and it closes at 6. And Sunday, I'm off. So that's, that's all I could see. Nothing other than that. Because when it closes, I got to cook in order to open the next day. So, you know, it was the customers that supported me who continued to push me out more and more and more. Well, so I could I could honestly I, tell you, Delilah, that you scooped up and put in a container the first taste of mac and cheese that I ever had at Delilah's when I was in the terminal. And I fell in love with it right then. I actually had it with your fried chicken, which I know we just... You know, we're going to talk to Big Rube Harley or, or and Aaron later. Delilah's fried chicken is the best you'll ever have. But you scooped up, and for years later, and I would go and I would see you, and then we got involved in pie in the sky and many other things. Your sweet potato pie was out of this world. But I have heard you speak to a group of students. They were my high school students at the time. And you gave that same message, that, that message of dedication and passion. And... It was so powerful. It resonated in so many. It really changed a lot of their lives. A lot of them went into business on their own. And when I talk to them to this day, they talk about that message of passion and dedication. And if you don't have it, this isn't for you. I I, I truly believe it because I lived it. I lived it. And, and understanding business is like, like life. Business to me is really a a prime example of everyday life. You've got good days and bad days. You've got sad days and happy days. You know, and then in between, hopefully you get some very neutral days where, okay, I'll just take this day however it's coming. But that is business. And you have to know that that is business. It's life. It's simply life. So... Getting through, that was the terminal, and then going into 30th Street Station and growing the Delalas concept, uh, being in the uh, Philadelphia International Airport, which I had to fight very hard to get in there as a small business minority when they changed over from uh, contract service to independent owners in the airport. And... um, Ended up because I didn't want to go in there with a Delilah. I thought it would be too much on me, but I had gone to a trade show and I saw at the top of the elevator steps the Danning yogurt cart. And I said to the representative that invited me to this show, I said, What is that? Because all I could see was this lit up rat kind of cart situation with fruit falling down on top of swirled yogurt coming up from the bottom with a little stand where the register would go and a sink and a place where you push the soft serve um, 
unit into it and it had little a little compartment for all your little toppings. And I said, oh, I love that. But meanwhile, I had been talking to the people at the airport, but I didn't know what I was going to put in there. <laughs> but I had told them, I don't want to go in there as a Delilah. It's too much work. I, you know, I don't want to do that. I said, I have the perfect place to put this. And he said, where's that? I said, the airport. He said, you think you can really get that in the airport? I said, listen, if I get this in the airport, he said, no, 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 no. Let me stop you. If you get that in the airport, we'll give it to you. You don't even have to buy it. I said, we got a deal. I went on a mission, but I'm like that. If I'm on a mission, I'm driven. I am on the mission. And I got it in there, and it ended up being the top grossing cart in the airport year after year. Ended up, I had put multiples in the airport of the same cart. But they didn't have any faith in it. They was like, nobody buying that as they're traveling. People love that card. I was going to say. Because it was just virtual. Just hearing you describe it, I was like, I want some now, <laughs> especially with yeah. this heat. It was, it was just perfectly merchandised. Like, it popped up out you. It just, to be walking, you could see it from afar. So it would catch your attention. We used to have lines of people buying yogurt. Give me some strawberries on top and some nuts. You know, pour a little chocolate on it. You know, that kind of thing. It was great in a cup. They can eat it quick and keep it moving. It was perfect. So, you know, that that was a journey. And so I was doing Delilah's Southern Cuisine, Delilah's at the terminal at 30th Street for like um, 16 years. And it had grown and basically it's running now like a machine. I mean, it's running. And I said, you know what I always wanted was a full service bar restaurant always and my accountant and attorney were like are you crazy what is wrong <laughs> with you you're finally making money what is wrong why are you getting ready to go in that kind of debt and i said but that's what i always wanted and now i'm not being challenged anymore i said because the the, the staff is running the stores. I don't even have to really go. I mean, I could just show up. So I opened Blue Zet. I, it was amazing. At third and market, and it was just my dream. And, and, and so I went to school for interior design in New York. So I was able to design that restaurant just the way I wanted it and I loved it and we opened and a year after we opened 9-11 hit and the economy turned upside down in a recession and it was crazy and Bluzette was really holding its own it was it was hanging in there and hanging in there so you know that was the Bluzette days and then as that moved on uh, in 2012, I believe, is when the stores, oh, I closed all the stores, and I went into the Enterprise Center, 
the Dorrance, they actually recruited me to come to the Enterprise Center. And it was the Dorrance H. Hamilton um, Center for Culinary Art, which I loved because it was now my opportunity to really help start up businesses get into business and get their product to market and really be that example person of I've done it. So and this is what it takes to do it. And I'm here to listen to all your painstaking stories. I'm here to help you. I will get in that kitchen with you and work with you to make this happen. Beat the streets to get you a count. So I love doing that for those startup businesses because they need that kind of support and encouragement. You know, pulling them in my office, like, shut the door. Okay, we need to have a powwow courage moment right now. Let's talk about it. What's wrong? Okay, wipe the tears away. It's going to be okay. You know, the little pep talk. So those were my days at the Enterprise Center and kind of, you know, got them up and running and open and on their feet and their feet. And my parents. Um, passed, and my only child, my daughter, is in Atlanta, had been in Atlanta because she married a young man from Atlanta, Georgia, and I said, you know what, I'm going to move to Atlanta. My grandchildren are there, my daughter's there, and I think in my daughter's mind, it was like, yes, I finally will have her here with me. And I can talk her to get back into business. And she's like in my ear. And I'm like, I'm not doing that again. Are you? Well, I already did that. I did that for 30 years. So what do, I mean? what do I need to do that again? No, mom, mom, you really, you're not doing anything. You need to do this. And I'm just like, Delana, why? Why? And she has been after me and after me. And then she calls me one day. Oh, the pandemic happens. Of course, the pandemic happens. She calls me over her house and she says, I want to show you something. Come over. I want to show you something. And I go over and she's showing me all this stuff on social media. Well, you know, I'm not all into social media. So I'm just like, what is up? She says, well, on Saturday. Now, this is like during the week. On Saturday, we're... my." Her husband and I are going to be at your house and you're going to do a cooking demonstration and we're going to put it on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Delilah. Figure out what you're making. <laughs> yes. Um, we, I, I do apologize because we love having you on the show and actually we would love to have you come back on the show. Um, but for our listeners out there and speaking of social media, where can we find you? On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube under Delala's Everyday Soul. Well, and and is- Delana has finally talked me into, and she is doing it, is opening a Delala's Everyday Soul in the Chattahoochee Food Works here in Atlanta, Georgia. So the fried chicken and macaroni and cheese is back on the market. 
Okay, I will be in Atlanta very soon <laughs> because I'm flying out today. There, <laughs> there, there is no, there you go. She, we, she hasn't gotten it open yet, but it is. Coming in the very near fall it's, it's a right, of this year. You, you can let us know where she's around so that we can just knock on her front <laughs> yeah. door and be like, hey, we heard. Well, and I'm going to share yes. a secret with our listeners here that not only do I love her fried chicken and macaroni and cheese, but you could bet that the likes of Denzel Washington, Danny Glover, Oprah Winfrey, yeah. Patti LaBelle, who were all some of your biggest customers who would seek you out. Yeah. When they're in Atlanta, this they will be true. stopping by. <laughs> this is true. Patty was instrumental in supporting me when I went to do the macaroni and cheese cook-off for Oprah. She encouraged me. I've got to give that to her. She encouraged me to get that. get Because I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, well, and I ended up winning the contest. <laughs> you did. And, and as a side note to that, and I shared this with you last time we talked, you know, as a elderly gentleman who has a lot of gray hair, I recently entered into a soul food competition using what you taught me. And I won. So I owe you so much cred. Okay. (laughs) Because to beat the people that I beat in that competition using the secrets that you taught me, God bless you for that. Delilah, it has been such an honor to catch up with you. We will we would love to have you back on again and talk more about your success and what you can, you know what secrets you can give to those out there, as well as a little bit of cooking secrets too. But everybody, Absolutely. look for Delilah's Everyday Soul on social media. I've been on there now. I kind of been stalking your site. Love <laughs> what you're doing. Absolutely Listen, good opportunity. Join, go on YouTube and hit subscribe. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much, my dear. It's been a great pleasure Thank talking to you. you. And I look forward to seeing you hopefully soon and certainly talking to you again. Thank you, Gene. And guys, thank you. Thank you so much, Delilah. Okay, let's go to break. To become a sponsor of our show and promote your business or event on every single podcast platform, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music, in addition to WWDB Talk Radio every Tuesday at 6 p.m. evening drive time. Email us today, foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com, for our very low rates. And we're back. Chef Gene, introduce our fantastic guest. Well, it's a great opportunity and a wonderful honor to introduce Aaron Anderson. During the pandemic of 2020, nearly half of the black-owned restaurants and businesses that related to food closed due to the pandemic. And during that same period of time, Aaron, through his hard work and dedication, was not only able to build several franchises in the original Philadelphia, in the original hot dog factory franchise, but get into some Rita's as well as really help a few other great iconic Philadelphia locals succeed in business through the use of ghost kitchens. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you for all you've done for Philadelphia and the great success you've achieved. Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you for having me. So, Aaron, 
you're a Philadelphia native um, who is really a true entrepreneur, and we'll talk about that a little bit about you know your entrepreneurial spirit. But I understand that your tenacity and your drive came from your Philadelphia roots, and specific your mother. Can you tell us a little bit about where you got this incredible dedication and drive from? Sure. So growing up, my father passed away when I was about 10 years old. And it was just, you know, pretty much watching my mother work day and night, because it's uh, five of us total, watching her work day and night just to, you know, support us and make sure that we had everything we need. So it was like from watching that, it was just something that kind of grew in me to say that you should never make excuses. And if there's anything that you want, you just have to work hard for it. No matter if it takes one job, two jobs, three jobs, or whatever it is, you just work extremely hard and, and you you know and that you'll get what you want. Well, you're certainly an individual who seizes on opportunities. And your first, you know, you were working for Sony at one point in time, I know, as an assistant. And you happened to see an invoice came in for some shirts and mer- merchandise and screen printing for the most part. You acted upon that in such a unique way. I think our audience would love to under to hear what true entrepreneurial action you took when you saw that invoice come in. Sure. So when I first seen the um, the initial invoice, I'm like, you know, wow, you getting this this amount for for merchandise? And when he told me what merchandise consisted of, I said. I know that T-shirts don't, you know, don't cost this much. So I started doing my, my own research, and, and once I started to understand what the, the price of cotton costs, and then to throw a print on it, you know, I contacted some print shops locally and also, you know, throughout the, the country and just started getting quotes. And when I put those two prices together, I said, man, there, you know, it's some it's an opportunity here. So... I initially started off, when the next tour came around, I started off and I middlemaned it. And when I middlemaned it, I seen the um, the profit that I made. So once I understood that profit, I went and I started doing research on how much it actually cost to produce the product itself. And once I seen that, I was just like, hold up. I, you know, it's not that far-fetched. So I did a couple more projects where I middlemaned it and I saved up. Um, all of my profits, and and then I eventually bought a factory with the um, with the profits, and then I never looked back. So, how did that take you into the original Hot Dog Factory franchise and and opening up? I believe you have four locations here in Philadelphia, um, and I believe you're now moving out and looking in New York at all. How did you get to that from the printing business? Sure. So once I had the um, the screen printing company, um, I kept it and I built it. And it was just, at, you know, once I got to a point, I was like, I wanted to diversify myself and not just be um, into one business. So I started to get into real estate. And then as I got into real estate, I started investing into uh, startup companies. And I was just like, what else can I, you know, and, you know, get involved in? And I'm like, I wanted to be involved in something that's essential to where, though, like, no matter what happens in, in the world, like, you need it. And one thing that I realized is just that you need food to survive. So um, 
once I, you know, figured out I'm going to go into the restaurant industry, the original hot dog factory, I seen it on the show, The Real Housewives of um, Atlanta. So when I seen it featured, I started doing my research and I'm like, you know, when it comes to competition, I looked at other other brands, but there weren't their menu wasn't as extensive as the original hot dog factory. So I um I flew down to Atlanta, I tasted the food, I seen the system, and I just said, This is a this is a winner and I just decided to, you know, uh bring it up to Philadelphia and with you know, when I'm when I'm focused on something, I can pretty move I can move at a you know, at a quick pace because I'm, you know, I'm literally already planning it out before it happens. So when I signed up for the franchise, I, you know, I could have just did one, but I decided to do multiple. Well, you, you even went on to become a trainer and, you know, a spokesperson for them and really, you know, take that to the next level, which I guess, you know, whet your appetite a little bit because you, during the pandemic, when everybody else was struggling, and as I said, you know, half of Black-owned restaurants in the in the city and in the, in the nation closed. You were growing, and you took your success, and you started to help others. I know you worked with uh, Big Rube Harley and and to get his fried chicken. Tell us a little bit about that whole ghost kitchen process, and you know, not coming from that world, you jumped right in and and made a big splash. Sure. So in November, I signed up for the original Hot Dog Factory in November of 2019. At the same time I did that, I was all, I also explored the uh, ghost kitchen concept. Now, mind you, this is in 2019, no, no COVID, no nothing. But when I explored the ghost kitchen concept and what it was about, I'm like, this is a cool concept. I could see this maybe coming, you know, coming around at some point in the future, but not right now. But I like to get involved in things when it's at ground level. So I always knew that that ghost kitchen concept was there and I wanted to be a part of it. I just wasn't sure when, but when COVID happened and they shut the restaurants, the the indoor dining down for me, it made all the sense to, you know, get a ghost kitchen and, you know, it's only pickup and delivery, low overhead, don't cost much to start it up. And then, you know, when I had tasted Chef Rue's food, I just said it would be, you know, something great for us to try out and see, you know, just again, it, 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 the ghost kitchen made sense during COVID a hundred percent. So it was just something that we could try out together and, and, you know, see what happens. And that's what we did. Well, and I know that big Rube gives you a lot of credit for that and, and, and thanks you for a, a lot of that success early on. And, you know, he's like you, a, you know, big name in the city of Philadelphia, what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs or individuals that are interested in starting a business today? Because you've been so successful at it, almost like a natural, just, you know, what you do seems to always work. And I know, and, and I'm sure, you know, there's been failures along the way that you've learned from that. So um, you know, what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs? I think, from you know, to definitely study business itself, because business that just translates into different different arenas again i had no restaurant experience and don't even know how to cook to this day but i understood the restaurant business side of it so it's definitely about studying business and understanding how it works and so forth your percentages your food costs labor rates and all of that understand that and then you know definitely create make sure that anything that you start 
have verticals. Like you need verticals in business because like you said, you don't, you know, you get failures, but they're really not failures. They're learning lessons. But the more verticals you have, it makes it just that much harder for you to actually hit rock bottom. So I would encourage entrepreneurs to definitely study the biz- study business, create verticals, understand how to pivot, and then just be open-minded to, to learning new things and trying different things and having that mentality that, look, if it don't work, I'm not going to get down on myself. And if I do get down on myself, let it last for 10 to 20 seconds, and then you mope around, do what you got to do. But you got to get back, you know, get back on your feet and keep on going. Because at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, it's a marathon. Nothing happens overnight. So the more you put into it, the more you stay focused, stay stay strong, and it'll, it'll all work out. Now, you obviously had helped out Big Rube. Would you help out or do, like, perform some sort of mentorship for others who are looking to get into the business world? I mean, just the person that I am, I'm willing to help anybody that needs any help at, at, at any point, for sure. Well, your diversification, and I think it's important to realize that, yes, the original Hot Dog Factory, uh, Reed is Water Ice, very successful as well. You got into uh, flight simulators. Uh, you own a business called Storehouse, which is the cannabis production world in the state of New Jersey. You just have diversified across the board. But I, I hear in your voice, you keep going back to that, you know, hard work, learn the business world, learn the business world. Um, you know, do you find that all those businesses really function the same way? I mean, people say restaurants are, are very different. And I think I hear in your tone that, you know, it's still a business. Sure. So when you think about it from a conceptual standpoint, they all do function the same way. When you learn the business, meaning that you learn your product cost, you learn your labor rate, those are two most important things that no matter what business you ever do, those two costs are very important and very vital to your growth and your profit margin. So no matter what business you're in, you need to know how much it's going to cost to produce the product. And it's also going to cost, you just need to understand how much your labor is going to cost. So therefore, you can understand where your overhead coming at, and then the rest is profit. So those two things are learning your business to me when I look at it. And if you learn those that business throughout any concept, it'll just put you that much farther ahead of the game. As a lifelong restaurant and food world person, I kind of want to sound like Big Roop now and say, holla that. That <laughs> is the gospel right there. Aaron, before we let you go, how can people learn more about what you do, uh, your businesses, your restaurants, anything about you? Where can people find you on social media? Sure. So you can reach me on the, uh, on my website, uh, Axiom, which is spelled A-X-X-E-U-M. Corp, C-O-R-P dot com. And my Instagram is Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, 007-A. Aaron, thank you so very much for your time today. I just want to thank you for what you have done for Philadelphia and, and continuing doing for Philadelphia and the employment numbers in the city and the state and in other states as well. Um, We look forward to talking to you again in the future and wish you many successes in all your endeavors. Oh, man, thank you for having me. It was 
definitely a great interview. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you, Aaron. You were a wonderful guest. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Okay, let's go to break. Tune in to hear from Gene Blum, our chef, educator, consultant, and historian. You can find him across social media at ibfoodie2 or Gene Blum at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. And you can also tune in to listen to Amaris Pollock and find her across social media at arpollockus at gmail.com. And we're back. Chef Gene, introduce our fantastic guests. Well, it's no secret to our listeners that I love a good cheesesteak. So if I'm out of the festival and I'm looking for a good cheesesteak, where am I going? I'm going to Little Trent's. Trent Middleton, one of the great cheesesteak makers in the city of Philadelphia, as well as a restaurateur. Welcome, Trent. How are you? Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. We're glad to be here uh, with you guys, Gene. Um, I got me. I'm on the line as well as one of my partners, uh, Leno Quarterbomb. He's also on the line with us. Well, welcome, Leno, as well. I, I know I had an opportunity to uh, meet you, you several times. Uh, thank you, thank you, thanks for having us. So, gentlemen, you, food truck trailer. I, I know the trailer well. Absolutely great cheesesteaks. Always a long line, not because you can't produce, because you can produce as fast as anybody out there. I think you rival Geno's and Pat's in production. But, you know, the demand for your food truck trailer at every festival that I've ever been involved with is amazing. How did you get started in all this? Yeah, so so we got started uh, in the trailer business in 2012. But actually, we've been in the, the food service industry way back in 98. Started, um, you know, our evolution came from a franchise that we were involved in. And then we turned that franchise over to our own uh, Little Trents. Uh, Little Trents. And we started, we, we, we started in the frozen dessert business as well as the small finger food, bite food. Uh, and then the evolution went from that onto our food truck. And in that industry, we got, you know, hey, um, with, with, of course, God's help uh, and, and, and knowing and meeting the right people, we were able to get into uh, the concession business, uh, the large concession business, being um, uh, having servicing contracts from Aramark and Legends and all those big guys came and found us and, and recognized that we had a great product, uh, a great trailer, a great concept. And, and and that's what's got us gotten us this far today, Gene. Well, you know, somebody who's been around those contracts as well and, and many years and you know, yours was always a mainstay. You now have a trailer down at Temple University. Not something that's easy to get to have a location in Temple. <laughs> you know, you have to be yeah. producing something right. So, you know, how did that come about? When did you get into Temple? Well 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 two things with that. We've been servicing Temple uh, for, for quite a number of years at their different um, May days and special event days and things like that. And then um, Leno, and, I, and, I, and I'll definitely give him the credit, he came up with the idea of, hey, we, we can stick the truck uh, off Temple's campus. So it started out we were, we were off Temple's campus a few blocks uh, south, uh, Broadmaster. So, so we set up shop at Broadmaster for a little while. Uh, and, and, and actually got us that notoriety, um, you know, to, to, to continue to develop and, 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 and want to be a part of that. At first, our first struggles were, hey, there were not a lot of openings on the campus. But then 
you know, uh, lo and behold, fate again, uh, op- something opened up, and we were able to, our new, new location is right there at 13th and Montgomery, which will be sitting right outside of SAC, uh, the Student Activity Center. Um, so, so in the late summer, early fall, we'll be right there when those kids come back to school, when those students come back to school. Well, when I told my daughter, who knew you through the festival world, who graduated Temple this year about this, she was really upset at me. She was like, sure, after I leave, right after I leave. Yeah, that's when it happens, right? And and unfortunately, my youngest daughter is a vegan, so I can't convince her to go to go get a cheesesteak with you. But well, 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 we 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 tell her don't give us on don't give up on us so quick. We can accommodate. We do have we do have some stuff on there that that can accommodate the vegan. <laughs> I mean, I saw that you started offering healthier options too, like the salmon. So there's not all vegans are full vegetarians. So maybe she'll eat some uh, salmon. No, oh. absolutely. I'll let I'll let Leno I'll let Leno tell you guys about that salmon. <laughs> yeah, well, we we do offer uh, a salmon cheesesteak as a uh, as an option, and uh, it comes with. Uh, Salmon fillet, uh, sautéed vegetables, uh, broccoli, uh, peppers, red onions, cremini mushrooms, uh, grape tomatoes, uh, and uh, and uh, what is that? Uh, Overlong cheese, mm. and, and it's, it's pretty. It's pretty. We get we got a, a great response from that from that uh, from that salmon cheese thing. We, we also can't, do. We can't tell you everything. We got a special sauce. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We do have some sauces. We we're not gonna get into the sauces, but we also uh, serve uh, 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 veggie hoagies as well, or we call it veggie cheesesteaks, where uh, where we uh, serve uh, fried eggplant with uh, uh, fried eggplant with uh, 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 again the same sautéed vegetables, the broccoli, the peppers, the red onions, the cremini mushrooms, so forth and so on. We also throw basil in there as well, and both the, the salmon cheesesteak and the veggie cheesesteak, and we serve those on both of those on that uh, ring mix, and we we we've, we've gotten a great response from the both of them. The veggie option, you can also get hummus on that as well, if if you uh, if you like hummus or what have you. But from when, from those options, we've got we've gotten a great response from. When is when is the brick and mortar opening up? Because now I'm going to stalk you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, so fast forward. So those options will definitely be available in our brick and mortar. Our brick and mortar is opening up the same, about the same time, late summer. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll be the doors will be open before uh, those the students come back to school. Uh, it's just a matter of you know now we're in the process of the paperwork and the due diligence of you know the architects and things like that. This is that process, but that's coming soon. So you've got all that stuff to look forward to. For those people who don't know, the brick and mortar is going to be right adjacent to Temple Campus. It's going to be right next to uh, the high-rise center there and in the shopping center. So it's going to be easily accessible from anywhere on Temple Campus. If you're down on Temple, this will be the place to go. Tell us a little bit about the menu, what you're putting on there. So, so sure. Let, let, let them know about the menu. Okay. Okay. So from the for the menu, we'll have we'll have uh, in addition to uh, to what we what we typically do with our uh, with our event uh, vendor menu, we'll also be doing uh, most of the uh, street vendor menu as well. So we'll have you know obviously the steaks, the burgers. We have an assortment of burgers, 
uh, 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 we had about five or six burgers, different types of burgers. burgers. We got, we, yeah. got bake, we got the big bacon burger. We got your classic mm-hmm. burger. We have your big onion burger. We've got an epic egg burger as mm-hmm. well. Um, uh, we've got a spinach burger, and we've got a, a, a creation, our barbecue Hawaiian burger, which is yeah. served with a slice of pineapple um, with uh, avocado with uh, with the pepper jack cheese. Um, and again, spring mix served on a uh, with a drizzle of barbecue sauce over that, served on a, um, a fresh brioche bun. Um, so I think, though, Gene, let, let me just add this to it as well. Uh, what we've managed to do was, hey, we, we, we've managed to make sure that we give our customers uh, quality, you know, quality. We're using, uh, for instance, our burgers are 8-ounce burgers. Uh, we've got fresh fresh rolls uh, daily. We've got, you know, we've got the, the, the good, we've got the good cheese. You know what I mean? We don't have the canned cheese. We've got, we've got, we've got the, 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 uh, the, the original cheese whiz. Um, you know, so, so we, we strive to, again, you know, make our, give our customers that quality ingredient, ingredients. And, and now in this market here, just real quick with the cost of everything going up, we've had this conversation uh, a lot over the past few weeks. Um, you know, we still want to strive to make sure that our customers, you know, get the best quality, even if it, you know what, hey, uh, we'll take the hit on our end. Can you can you do me a favor if I uh, show up? Can you combine two of my favorite things, which is uh, mac and cheese and a, and a burger, and do it like a big mac and burger? <laughs> that's right. Oh. That's right. We'll, we'll figure it out. That's right. <laughs> well, we also have we also have added to the menu uh, fish and chips, and we have we have a great uh, fish hoagie that uh, that we'll be serving as well, and we've also added pizza to the menu as well. So so we'll be uh, we'll be throwing our hat in that ring as well with the pizza, and again. We uh we stand by our product with with fresh ingredients. We'll we'll be serving. Still doing the onion rings, Trent. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be doing fresh, fresh cut onion rings as well. Well, I know from every festival that I go to, people come up to me, and it used to always be when I, when I was in concessions, and people would come up to me, and I'd be selling food, and they'd be like, "Can you tell me where I can find little Trent's?" You know, and you know, so that tells you a little bit about the quality of the food that you guys put out because people were searching you out at festivals. Um, you know. I mean, coming out of COVID and doing all this, uh, you know, how scary is it to be jumping into a brick and mortar? Um, it, it, it's scary. It's scary. And at the same time, Gene, uh, we always say it's a blessing, you know. Um, so so we, we, we weren't in control of anything uh, that had to do with COVID. However, we, we, we've managed, as we've been managing for all these years, to stand the test of time. So we're very appreciative, um, you know, just to have the opportunity. You know, just to have the opportunity. Uh, we understand, I mean, um, again, being in the mobile business, uh, the thing about the mobile business, hey, if business is not good at this location, you've got the, the ability to move to another location. But I think, like I said, one thing that's kept us uh, vital in this industry, uh, vital uh, with these different um, concessions that these the, the different uh, concessions that hire us um, or subcontract us, uh, they know, like you said, they first of all they know the quality of food that we're putting out, but we're more than capable of of handling um, you know uh, events on a larger scale. Um, you know, a couple of a couple of our big tests were, of course, uh, the Pope um, when when the Pope was here. 
We've done, uh, we've done, you know, I think we've done, well, I know we've done Democratic National Convention. Uh, we've done, uh, you know, our, our Parkway, uh, you know, our July 4th and our uh, Jay-Z concerts there. So we've been, we've been everywhere from MetLife Stadium in New York City to Pimlico Park in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, you know, all over servicing these festivals when they come to, you know, our area. Because you know, hey, we 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 we've made ourselves viable, and and we've got you know, hey, the belief of you know those people that hire us that we can get the job done. Well, Trent, we're up against the wall here. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? So when they want to find your trucks and find out more of your restaurant, where can we find you? Sure, on social media, I believe the little jump is, is little Trent's grill uh, is on is on our Instagram. Our website is working now, but that'll be Little Trent's Grill and Pizzeria, okay? And the Little Trent's Grill and Pizzeria brick and mortar will be at 1501-3 North Broad Street. That's nice. in your Progress Plaza, uh, Progress Plaza on Broad Street. Um, you can't miss it. It's a block down from Temple. Um, our, 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 our one of our one of our food trucks will be at the SAC Center, the Student Activity Center, at 13th and Montgomery. We look forward to servicing our community. We look forward to servicing uh, the Temple students. We look forward to servicing the world, actually. So we, we can't wait. Uh, highly anticipated and, and we're just ready to rock and roll. Well, thank you, my man. Thank you, Leno, as well. It's always great. We will be down when your opening's coming up. I can't wait to come Absolutely. down and try your food. Thank you. Appreciate that, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank Appreciate you, Trent. Thank, thank you, Leno. Thank you. Philly Restaurant Reviews with NS.com for all information about the show, Amherst Pollock. You can go to all social media and find me under Amherst Pollock or A.R. Pollockus. Chef Gene. You can find me on social media as Gene Blum or IBFoodie2, or you can email me directly at IBFoodie2 at Yahoo.com. Happy National Lobster Day, everyone. Have a great evening. Have a great week. Okay.